The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Troy Nielsen joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. We look at this market and I feel like we need to have that horror flick music playing in the background because soybeans really took it in the shorts today and, and kind of expected but not the way it turned out today and, and leading into the rest of this week. It kind of sets the stage a little bit, Troy. Yeah, I thought we might drift a little bit lower. Uh, there's rumors on both sides of the table that we might come to some agreements uh, with the trade agreements with China. Uh, but but soybeans really slapped us with some reality right in the face off the get-go. And we traded over 20 cents lower, 20 to 23 cents lower. Most of the session today ended up about 18 to 18 and a half cents lower on that January and March contracts. Uh, but still, uh, 18 lower is a, a pretty hard hit. Um, when you look at the recent ranges on, on soybeans, um, soybeans, and I'm talking the January contract now, uh, the high this fall, I would say, was like 878. The low was 844. And we're sitting here on, on the close of business today at 862. So really right kind of in the middle of that range, that fall range, we've kind of fallen and drifted right back to the middle of it. Um, so really, as far as that the summit is concerned, we don't know what's going to come of that, um, if anything. But 18 lower the week of the summit really doesn't look like a big positive out there, that's for sure. You know, Troy, we've heard for so long, I mean, just in the last probably two and a half, three weeks, such hype and build up to this meeting that starts on Friday and, and the talk and the meetings with between the two, two gentlemen, the powers that be, a lot of hype. Is that just all it's going to totally be summed up to is just hype and we need to move on? Yeah, you know, my, my opinion is um, we, even if we see, and I'm being hopeful that they'll come to some agreements somewhere in between where they're at now and, and all the tariffs off the table, um, I think it'll be somewhere in the middle is my opinion. And, and that takes a while to get it, things unwound. It also takes a while once some of those agreements or those tariffs come off the table to really start some export transactions to take place it doesn't happen overnight there might be if we get some positive news there might be some knee-jerk reaction right away to the markets which would be great we'll take it if it's positive but i think to really get the 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 soybeans flowing um um it's going to take some time to unwind those agreements and then it's going to take time to get the beans moving so i don't think it's a a quick fix that's for sure Um, but i like to be positive and say hey if, if there wasn't some possibility for it uh, to, to get moving in the right direction, they wouldn't be meeting at this point either. So I'm being positive. I think we'll make some progress on it. And that knee-jerk reaction could come in the form of social media, I'm sure, with a tweet or two. Yeah, yeah, that's the world we live in. That's for sure. It could happen really immediately um, with, like you say, social media. That could happen so quick. Um, and we saw today just, just on uh, what I would anticipate maybe um, – some funds um, establishing some short positions there in the beans or continuing to add, add to their shorts. Um, they could also pull that off the table just as quick. Um, I also come back and say that you have to trust, sometimes you have to trust your technical signals. And soybeans are starting to get into the oversold category. You know, by the end of this week, if we continue lower, 
we're going to be getting pretty oversold in those beans. And at the very least, I think we'll be ready for some corrective action. So um, I'd love to see that happen and maybe solidify that the, the low that we saw back there. And, you know, keep in mind the low that we had so far um, was back in the middle of September. And if we can hold that through this period of time um, and grind off of this, you know, I think there's a possibility that this winter we get some export business going. The other thing that we have to look at is the U.S. dollar. U.S. dollar has been trending higher um, most of this fall or all this fall. Uh, Mid-September, um, the, the, the dollar started trending higher, and it still is. So um, that's another thing that we're fighting against a little bit here in the soybean market. So it's a, it's a, there's a combination of things that need to, need to um, develop for us. The big one is this week with the G20 summit. Now, looking at the oil, I mean, it dropped, what, 55 to 65 points at one time today. Is that going to set the trend for them as well for the rest yeah. of the week? Um, it very well could, that's for sure. And I, I know the dollar has a lot to do with, with that market. Um, and, but that could be a trendsetter, and it depends on what, um, you know, if the funds are involved in that market and if they're going to extend into those positions then it very well could set the tone for this week. But we'll just have to see. Um, There's seasonal tendencies there as well that could come into play eventually as we get into December. We'll just have to see how those develop. But there definitely is a strong correlation there. I know I want to I want to talk a little bit about the happenings of South America and we've only got about a minute or so before we go to break. So we'll start there and finish up with it. Um, South America's had a lot of rain. Some areas um, in Brazil have an excessive amounts of rain. Is that going to be a big problem in the early production estimates for them? You know, I think early on there was a fear there. I am um, what I'm what I'm seeing now is that it that there they're not having as, as large of effect in, the, in their uh, development of their crops. Things are developing fine. And so I don't think that we have that fear at this point that they're going to have a, um, you know, a, a disaster by any means um, or even peeling back those yields very much from here on. So I, I don't think we're, we're seeing that as, as, a, as a factor today, I should say, Susan. Well, and some of that early production talk could see well above some of the older records that were set in years past. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're seeing that. And, and as we're, you know, you look at the western part of the belt here in the United States, where we're, we just have a few percentage points left to pick up on this harvest on, on soybeans, I would say we're almost complete and that yield's not going to change much. You get into the eastern part of the corn belt here, they have had quite a bit of, uh, in the last two weeks, they've only had two to three days of harvest. So, Stick around, folks. We're going to dive more into South America, its effects on the beans in a moment. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Stop. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Troy Nielsen joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. Kind of teased, Troy, before we headed to the commercial break, to take a more look at this soybeans, because you brought up a really good point before we even started the Final Bell, is we're less than two months away from Brazil marketing their beans that is a very small window for the u.s considering all the turmoil that's out there with trade and soybeans to be able to 
push some of our beans out there before Brazil takes over once again. Yeah, that's right. And and the window is is it's about a two month window right now before Brazil has an, has you know fresh beans on the market, so to speak. Um, and and I think we have to step back and look at where we're at right now compared to a year ago as far as our exports into China and even also Brazil's exports into China. Where the, where are they at right now compared to a year ago? Uh, China imports of, of soybeans from Brazil in October, that's our latest gauge, um, uh, were nearly doubled that from last year. That's that's Brazil into China. Uh, China imports of U.S. beans in October were almost half of where we were at a year ago. So our exports being way down, um, Brazil's being almost doubled. You can see where they're making up the difference, of course. And in my opinion, I, I think if, if we can get some agreements ironed out here as soon as this week and then the next few weeks, they iron out the details, hopefully. Um, I think it's only up from here as far as our exports are concerned. And what that what can that really do for us? Well, for the U.S. producer, what we really need that to do is break out of this this price range that we're in, this 878 to 844. Here we're stuck right in the middle of it right now. If it can break out of there to the upside, you know, sometime this winter, we can get some really good opportunities, maybe or decent opportunities to sell some beans out of the out of the bin. And and we know there's a lot of beans that you know are probably farmers are still setting on. And and part of that's because you know even if they did a good job marketing, they still have beans because they had excellent yields. So I think we're. I'm just trying to be positive that we can get some trade agreements worked out and really get some exports cranking here into China and compete with Brazil. Um, and, and I think that's, that's a possibility here within the next two to three months. But can we compete at this point? There just seems to be such a, a stigma against the U.S. and soybeans, especially to China. I mean, there are some other countries that are looking at us, obviously, to pick up that slack. But there just seems to be this, this dark cloud that won't leave. Yeah. Abs- you know, I think that's true once the um, trade and or excuse me, the, the business is being conducted from one country to the other. Um, they kind of build some inroads there, if you will, um, in conducting business together. And so we're going to have to work our way back into that. And another way to, one way to do that is really simple with China. And that is, um, uh, we have to be price competitive and price competitive to, with China, in my opinion right now comes down to not just our futures market, but where's the U.S. dollar and U.S. dollar, um, has been trending higher and that has not helped with the trade agreements at somewhat of a mute point in the bean market. But, um, since the, about the third week in September, we started trending higher with the U S dollar at this point. Um, we did have a high back here. Oh, just a few weeks ago, right in the middle of November, it's completely peeled off of there a little bit. Uh, last couple trading sessions, it's been higher. I'd love to see that dollar, um, at least settle back down here and maybe trend lower working into winter, that would be the catalyst, in my opinion, that's going to kickstart some really solid export business to the world. It's got to come down to the U.S. dollar, and our beans have to be competitive price-wise. And hasn't that always kind of been the the dollar has really played the role in our trade, but it seems like more pressure is on it now than in years past. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I think that's very true, just partially because... Um, it's more of an, a level playing field. Uh, for example, and I'll transition into corn, if you will, just a little bit. Um, the Ukraine and the U.S. were the cheapest. When we were down about 
$3.42 on our futures, um, you would think we'd be one of the cheapest, and we were one of the cheapest, but we were essentially about the same price to the world as we were the Ukraine was. Ukraine was about the same price on their corn. The difference was, um, you know, we're the breadbasket in the world of corn, and we had a lot more corn to export, so we were doing a lot of export business there. Um, and, and, and so I ended those trade agreements um, with, with the soybeans hasn't helped us in other commodities either. But corn-wise, um, we've, you know, come off those, come off those lows, if you will, um, and, and that's not because of a crop disaster. There, there's two things. There's supply and there's demand. And so our demand has, has been decent in the corn market, um, even in the face of the U.S. dollar climbing up here through the fall period. Um, but the futures market helped make up for that. There's lots to think about when it comes to this trade, and I know we just really kind of is tip of the iceberg. What is the best way for these producers, Troy, to get a hold of you or Eric at Smart Yield? Yeah, a couple of ways. One of them is our website, mysmartyield.com. The other one's call our office here in Kearney at Smart Yield at 308-234-6805. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.